0: Stories, Fables, Ghostly Tales. Welcome, welcome to Stories, Fables, Ghostly Tales, and I'm your host, The Tale Teller, where I cover literally all kinds of stories from around the world. And if you're new to the show, thank you for joining me. And if you like what you hear, you can catch a new episode every single Monday. Now, today, listeners, I'm excited. And the reason I'm so excited is that, with Patreon support, I've been able to upgrade my editing software completely. And holy moly, has it improved my game when it comes to editing old-time radio episodes. Today, you're going to hear an episode that was almost beyond repair. Way, way back. I wasn't able to fix this one. For the first time, you'll hear it crystal clear. Now, it's not perfect by all means, but crystal clear by comparison, and I'm learning some new features on this audio engineering tool. But listen to this one, guys and gals. This is the original.
1: Clear around the world from San Francisco.
2: Ah, lucky girl, all right. You know, I feel rather lucky myself to be Dr. Carter's assistant archaeologist. Dad's a dear. Well, thank you, my dear.
1: Hey, where did you pop from, Father?
2: Evening, Dr. Carter. Evening, Perry.
0: And this is is the new and improved.
1: Clear around the world from San Francisco.
2: Ah, lucky girl, all right. You know, I feel rather lucky myself to be Dr. Carter's assistant archaeologist? Dad's a dear. <laughs> well, thank you, my dear.
1: Hey, where did you pop from, Father?
2: Evening, Dr. <laughs> Carter. Evening, Perry.
0: With some technical know-how, I'm slowly pulling audio from 1940s into the 21st century. Welcome to The Cobra King Strikes Back a 10-episode old-time radio series from Adventures by Morse. Mystery. Intrigue. A man who escaped handcuffs with bits of his flesh still sliced into the metal chinks. Good gravy. Now, it's a slow burn, listeners, but one I'm sure you'll enjoy. And with 10 episodes to edit through, we'll blitz through this and have a great time. So, let's relax together with a cuppa. And enjoy an old time radio episode straight from the archives. Enjoy.
3: Adventures by Morse. Carlton E. Morse presents The Cobra King Strikes Back,
2: featuring Captain Friday. If you like high adventure, come with me. If you like the stealth of intrigue, come with me. If you like blood and thunder, come with me. Tonight, we are plunging toward
3: the land of the Cobra King, toward Cambodia, which is in the jungle country of French Indochina. Cambodia, the land of the mysterious ancient folk. The land now under the sway of the cobra and the wild elephant and the tiger. The land of oriental myth and oriental wonder. A land to the east. To reach it from San Francisco, one travels to Hawaii, to Hong Kong, to Saigon, which is the capital of Indochina. And then through the jungles northward. This is where the Carter Expedition is headed. And right now is a good time for you to meet Dr. Carter, archaeologist...
2: Scientist, explorer, Dr. Carter. At the moment, my party and I are aboard the steamship Westphalia between Hawaii and Hong Kong. The object of this expedition into the wilds of Cambodia will be explained shortly. But right now, I want you to know the other members of my party. First, you must meet my daughter, Celia. She's especially trained by me to be a historian of this expedition. Celia, please.
1: (laughs) Daughter, secretary, historian. That's quite an order for one girl to fulfill on one expedition.
2: Oh, it's all right <laughs> to be flippant, my dear, but just remember, there's bitter intrigue and danger connected with this expedition.
1: I love danger. I eat it up.
2: Well, that's my daughter, C. The second member of my party, you must know, is Professor Ernst Lebrun, medical advisor and scientific mission. Uh, Professor Lebrun, my friend. Oui, Dr. Cotter. I was just remarking that I feel I've added greatly to our expedition's chances of success by persuading you to become a member of my party. If I did not have confidence in your abilities to lead such an expedition to a successful conclusion, I doubt if you would have persuaded me.
1: (laughs) A mutual admiration society,
2: eh? Mademoiselle Celia, your father is a wonderful man, and I don't doubt he'll bring this whole business off with flying colors. Well, you've more confidence than I have, then. And now... Where's Perry Mills? Here, Doctor. Oh, so you are, so you are. Now, Perry, besides being an admirable young man, is business manager and assistant collector for the trip. I hope and pray, young man, you didn't leave any of our paraphernalia on the dock back at San Francisco. I certainly hope and pray so myself. I've checked and double checked. And
1: triple checked. Honestly, Father, Perry's done nothing since we left San Francisco but rummage around among our effects down in the hold of the ship.
2: Well, i got to face your father when we unload at Saigon, and I want to face him with everything in order and ready to start for our expedition into the back country. And now the last member of our party. To quoi?
1: Well, you let him go to his stateroom, father.
2: Well, well, that's right, that's right, I did. Mean. What's the matter, seasick?
1: Mm-hmm. Squeamish.
2: Queer fish. Oh, oh, a brilliant scholar. Egg by the superstitions of his people, but uh, brilliant.
1: All Chinese are superstitious,
2: aren't they? My dear, Tequan is not Chinese.
1: Well, Oriental.
2: Yes, it's... Oriental. Taquan, Celia, is a pure descendant of the ancient Khmer's, a dead race. And it's from this vanished people that the last member of our party descended. You will hear more of Tequan.
3: But unknown to Dr. Carter and his group, there is a second party aboard the Westphalia steaming westward under the great golden moon. The mission of this latter group is a carefully guarded secret, a dangerous secret. Heading it is Captain Bart Friday. Accompanying him is his fellow operator, Skip Turner, and his secretary, Patricia Young. And then there's a fourth member of the party, a figure of mystery, a prisoner. Two expeditions, and at the moment, each unaware of the other's presence on the ship. Each unaware that it has friends in the other party. And now darkness has settled on the vessel, throbbing under its pounding propeller. The moon is riding high, is gigantic, is golden. And on the main deck, Perry Mills and Celia Carter are leaning against the rail.
1: Oh, lovely, lovely moon on the water.
2: Great trip at sea,
1: Oh, yes. Imagine me going way off to such a wilderness as Cambodia. Clear around the world from San Francisco.
2: Ah, lucky girl, all right. You now, I not you rather lucky myself to be Dr. Carter's assistant archaeologist? Dad's a dear. Well, thank you, my dear.
1: Hey, where did you pop from, Father?
2: Evening, Dr. Carter. Evening, Perry. See, Professor LeBrun will join us in a moment. Then we'll go into the main salon for a short conference. Uh, Bring your uh, shorthand book. Yes, Dad. Hey, where's the quant? Still in his stateroom. He's having a bad time with his seasickness. Wish to retire.
1: You say he's Oriental, but not Chinese. That's
2: right. The Quan is a pure descendant of the ancient Khmer, That race that built such marvels as the... Anchor what? Anchor what? Which means temple of anchor. That's a good literal translation, Perry. You, you see, see, some 2,000 years ago, this race of Khmers arose to mighty strength. And civilization sufficient unto itself. Right, Perry. The kingdom grew until it must have held some, oh, 30 million souls. They built great watts, or temples. They had trained armies and a remarkable background, both historical and mythological. In fact, they had everything that should have made them a lasting nation. And yet 30 million people vanished from the face of the earth. That's exactly the word. Vanished. When hanker Watt was first discovered some 80 years ago by the Frenchman, uh, Moul, it looked as though the entire population had one day laid down their implements, walked out, never returned.
1: But what did happen to them?
2: If we knew, my dear, we'd not be on this expedition.
1: And we're going to anchor Wat to see what we can find.
2: (laughs) We is good.
1: Well, I'm part of the expedition, for goodness sake.
2: Of course you are, my dear. Yes, we're going into the old Khmer realm. But we're not going to stop at anchor. Wat. That particular region has been milked dry of information. Further to the north, however, are other abandoned cities. Some of which have been recently discovered. Others of which are, well, are only known to exist by... Rumors and legends.
1: And we're going to hunt for one of those legendary cities?
2: Well, something like that. Only it isn't going to be quite such a hopeless proposition. That's where Taquan comes into the picture. I wondered about him. Professor LeBrun picked him up over at the University of California. His brilliant mind so attracted LeBrun that he struck up an acquaintance and discovered that Taquan was a descendant of the Khmerge. And had only recently come from Saigon, the French capital in the East. He's an interesting chap, all right? Yes, it seems that he'd come in from the agricultural region and nothing more than a breech cloth, and he demanded to be taught. He was turned over to a French parochial mission. Fathers dressed him and taught him. His brilliance delighted them, so they laid aside an allowance to send him to the University of California.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah, I
2: remember the day Le Brun brought him to see you, Dr. Carter. Yes, the professor knew I was interested in the Cambodia problem. And so he brought the me Developed that he knew the region north of Anchor Wat unusually well. In fact, knew of a city back in the wilderness that had not yet been discovered by explorers. Well, well, lecturing Cambodian archaeology. Oh, eh? there you are, Lebrun. Ooh, as you say, here I am. There we all are, all except a little premier. Where is he? <laughs> He's not receiving <laughs> visitors. Having a little private trouble with the old devil she. Uh, Sorry I was delayed, the doctor, but coming up the companionway, the most amazing thing happened to us. Nothing yes. unpleasant, I hope. Quite the opposite, uh, Would you think I bumped squarely in two?
1: You met someone you know.
2: <laughs> I say, what depth of discernment. You're making fun of me. Oh, really, I am not. I did meet an old friend, a very brilliant fellow. None other than Captain Friday. Say, you don't mean the Captain Friday in charge of, uh, of the Worth murders in the City of the Dead mystery. <laughs> remember him, do you, Perry? The very same Captain Friday. And you just ran into him tonight? Oh, isn't that rather peculiar, LeBrun? Mm, not at all, Doctor. You see, he and his party boarded the ship at Honolulu last night. Well, what on earth is he doing on his way to Hong Kong? Oh, most mysterious. I had to tear myself away to join you folks. Or perhaps I would have found out. He's waiting down in the salon for us to join him.
3: Oh,
2: that's a pleasant surprise. Uh, we'll just postpone our conference until tomorrow. Silly, uh, we won't need you tonight after
1: all. All right. Then I'll stay right out here on deck and soak up some more
2: moonlight. Don't you uh, want to come along and join us?
1: Me? Go down there and sit around in a cloud of cigar smoke while half a dozen men hold the floor? I should say
2: not. <laughs> Wise girl. Hey, don't lean too far over the rail. We don't want to lose our history story
1: in this room. Good <laughs> night, everyone.
2: Mm. And we'll take this companion away. Captain Friday said the main salon. Ah, we oui. Here we are. Oh, go ahead, Dr. Carter. Oh, she so you brought them down. Well, this is a great meeting. Skip for Turner. You will, too. Nowdy, now, now. Professor LeBron. Sure, I'm here. And God of honor for Captain Friday and the secretary Patricia. But I say, Captain, who's running your agency back in San Francisco, eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I rather think it'll get along somehow for a while without skipping me. Uh, Dr. Carter, this is Captain Bart Friday. My pleasure, Captain. And this is uh, Mr. Skip Turner, Captain Friday's right hand man. Glad to know you. Uh, Captain Friday, uh, this is Perry Mills, Dr. Carter's yes. assistant. How do you do, Mills? And, uh, ship donner. Say, this is great. Well, sit down, gentlemen. Drop some chairs. Now, here's the guy. There, sir. Captain, uh, if it isn't a state secret, uh, what on earth are you in skip doing out so far off your beat? <laughs> well, Professor, as a matter of fact, it comes very nearly being just that. State secret? What do you don't say? I wouldn't care to have our business made general knowledge on ship. Oh, by no means. I have a technical question. Oh no, no. It isn't at all necessary. I intended to tell you. It's a very unusual story, and uh, rather fits in with your own work. Something uh something to do with the anchor region? Quite a bit. I've um I've got a prisoner aboard this ship. What Murderer? That's just the youngsty not so wrong as that. The last man who tried to keep him in chains got himself strangled... ...with a wet, silk cord from Indian thuggy. It's a pleasant. I'd rather have them use a sharp knife.
3: On board the Trans-Pacific Line of Westphalia... Two groups of people have met. One headed by Dr. Carter, archaeologist. The other headed by Captain Friday, private operator. Captain Friday is telling about a prisoner he is taking to Saigon, French Indochina. The same fort from which Dr. Carter is launching his expedition. Captain Friday has just said,
2: I've got a prisoner aboard this ship. His last keeper was strangled. He's an international plotter, a troublemaker. Well... <laughs> Looks like you're getting into big business, Captain Fighter. After a manner, perhaps. He's a subject of Cochin, China. I'm taking him to Saigon, the French capital. Remarkable. You're going right into our territory. Yes. There's a closer relationship between your scientific expedition and my little party than that, Dr. Carter. Of course, you know the story of how France got hold of the Cambodia territory. Yes. Moul, the Frenchman, when he discovered the ruins, carried the word back to France. And by being on their toes, French diplomats took the territory over before the rest of the world learned of the Khmer ruins. Hmm. Fast workers, huh? Oh, any nation would have jumped at the chance to get French into China, had they known about it? Yes, it was a rich land, a lying fellow for someone to take it. After all, Mr. Turner, Siam was in no position to investigate the Cambodia ruins, even if she known of them. France immediately opened this new and rich scientific field. All right, all right. I'm squelched. i take it back. <laughs> <laughs> well, Skip doesn't want to argue the point. Captain Friday I suppose you continue. Well, as you just explained, France got Cambodia by means of a diplomatic coup. Didn't set well with a lot of people in that region. Especially those with the Siamese leaning. Many felt that Siam had lost a vast treasure. But <laughs> France has gotten little return for the amount of money expended in that territory. Uh, To date, anyway. That's true, Mills. Yet there's much dissatisfaction. Well, that's easily explained. There are innumerable legends of tremendous commercial treasure which are supposed to be buried beneath the ruins of those old cities. Treasure? You mean casts of gold and jewels? Oh, no. Much more fascinating loot than that. For instance, there's supposed to be a huge emerald Buddha seated on a golden-coiled cobra... Numerous golden buddhas, altar furnishings, priests and kings regalia, golden lions, golden howders and chairs. My word, Jerry, that is a lot. Well, I might be reciting from the legends. Uh, According to the myths, the Thais vandals came down from the north in great hordes and overran Cambodia. To save their treasures of the palaces and temples, priests buried them beneath the cities with the aid of slaves. Afterwards, the slaves were slaughtered. Jolly sort of folk, these Khmeres. Well, these rumors are probably at the bottom of the dissatisfaction. Anyway, a certain Cambodian element feel that they've been robbed. Up until the time the French missionaries entered the field and began to educate them, the resentment was unorganized and latent. They were ignorant, had no idea how to go about revenging themselves. Eh, the old, old story. Yes, Dr. Carter. But French fathers continued to educate the people. The French government even assisted their efforts with appropriations. They selected brilliant Cambodian youths and gave them what corresponds to a high school education right in Saigon. Then they selected the brightest of their pupils and sent them to American and European universities. Hey, we have just such a student in our party. What's that, Mills? Sure, a chap named Taquan. Well, we have another locked in Skip's cabin. Extraordinary, Captain Friday. You mean a Cambodian college graduate has become an international criminal? Hardly that, Doctor. He's a representative of the rebellious element in Cambodia. He's been in the United States trying to raise a secret expedition to penetrate the jungles north of the city of Angkor, claiming that he knows the location of another of the lost Khmer cities. Say, you don't suppose... I I say, Perry, let's not speculate, huh? Speculation's bad business. Uh, Sure, I... of course. Excuse me for breaking in, Captain Friday. It looks as though I'm telling you a story you already know. Mind telling us who this chap is that you two have in handcuffs? Not at all. A fellow called Fenlow. Never heard of him. Have you, Doctor Carter? I don't recall the name. Please go on, Captain. Well, it appears that Fenlow has been telling that he knows the location of this new city's buried treasures. Rather odd. He didn't dig it up for himself and his friends, then, uh, isn't it? According to his story, it'll take many men and some very modern evacuation machinery to get at it. That corresponds with the legends. The priests are supposed to have filled the passages leading down to the treasures with rock and a sort of cement. But they wouldn't have to tunnel in the original passage. Couldn't they dig in the earth, paralleling the rocked in part? No, no, Perry. It's too big a job for the natives. Even so, the treasure room would undoubtedly be cased in by a wall many feet in thickness. Yeah, but looky here. If there's all this treasure under these cities, why don't the French government dig for it? That's just the point, Skip. The French are not convinced that there is any treasure. It's all rumor and native legend. They're not willing to spend the great sums necessary to excavate on the mere chance of finding something. And another thing. France doesn't have the money to put into such work, not under present conditions. In the meantime, she doesn't want other people nosing around too closely. By the way, Dr. Carter... How did you ever get permission to take an expedition into the country? By agreeing to turn over 90% of anything we should run across to the French government? Hmm. Don't seem like that. It'd be very profitable. This is a scientific expedition, not a treasure hunt. Frankly, Captain Friday, I'm quite dubious about there being any treasure. I see. Well, anyway, the French government heard about Fenlow's activities in the United States and demanded his apprehension. We caught him in San Francisco and turned him over to the French consulate. A French attaché was started on the trip with him to Saigon. En route to Honolulu, the Frenchman was murdered. You don't say. my Fenlow? No. No, Fenlow was manacled to his birth. The attaché was killed on the aft deck, strangled with a cord. Aha, uh-huh. the worthy Fenlow had friends aboard. If he did, they were never apprehended. Fenlow was taken from the ship at Honolulu in the French consulate unwilling to subject another of its attachés to a like fate, called for a couple of volunteers to escort the fellow the rest of the way to Saigon. And you and Skip Turner responded. Well, I'll say we did. A 25 months vacation, and all expenses paid. <laughs> Every peace officer in San Francisco volunteered. Well, finally, they put me in charge, and I selected Skip to come along. We picked up Fenlow and Honolulu and boarded their ship. And... That's the story. But Mr. Turner mentioned your secretary, Captain. Oh, yes. I promised her she could come along on the next chase. I didn't know, though, it would take us halfway around the world. But weren't you afraid to have her come after what happened to the French attaché? (laughs) You don't know our secretary, Miss Mills. Skip's right. Patricia's perfectly capable of taking care of herself. However, she's in no danger. It's quite apparent that the whole object of the attaché's death was the release of Fenlow. there are any attacks on my party, it certainly won't be against my secretary. A remarkable story, Captain Friday. A remarkable story. Doubly so, since our paths have crossed. Captain, uh, I think I'll take a look in the cabin. I I want to give the only Cambodian in captivity the once-over. All right, Skip. (coughs) (laughs) Skip's as nervous as a cat. He believes there's something mysterious about our Oriental. All Orientals, or...? just Fenlow. Well, Skip Turner's philosophy says that an Oriental at your back is a dangerous Oriental. Oh, the death of the French attaché probably has a good deal to do with his uneasiness. Yes, very likely, Professor. Fenlow has been in a sort of cold rage since we picked him up in Honolulu. prophesies innumerable deaths to pay for the outrage to his person. However, everything's gone smoothly so far. Listen. it's the Mills? That I heard someone call out. I don't hear anything. All sorts of queer creaks and groans on a steamship. I remember Listen. someone's running. Cam, Cam Friday, the prisoner's gone. Then loads of Yeah, look at the handcuffs. It's Incredible. Fantastic. My world. Did he do that? Snape the flesh off his hands, forcing them with a manacle He did. And he had someone to help him. There's no doubt about that. Couldn't have done this to himself alone. This is a flesh still clinging to the manacles. You're certain about that, Captain Friday? I've seen some strange and terrible things take place in the East. Doctor Carter, I don't believe there's a man in existence that could have gotten out of those handcuffs alone. His hands were cuffed behind him and fastened to his bunk. And I saw to it that the cuffs were tight to his wrist. Sure, he couldn't have got away without help. But hadn't we better get on his trail? I don't think there's any hurry, Skip. We can't escape from the ship, and we're still a good number of days from Saigon. But if the French attache was murdered... The first thing to do is to inform the master of the ship. He'll warn everybody aboard to remain in his cabin, then form a searching party. I'll attend to that myself. Please excuse me. Yes, of course. Look here, Dr. Carter. Supposing I go give Celia an earful of this and send her to her cabin if she's still on deck? Good idea, Perry. Tell her to keep to her stateroom and keep door and portholes locked. Ah, I certainly will. (laughs) Oh, that lad does crave excitement. Up to now, the party has been just fish and beans to carry. But now, things are looking up a bit. A mm. mighty fine youngster. Oh, but that's... Oh, yeah, means. man. I just happened to think of Captain Friday's secretary. The trees ought to be warned. Oh, by all means. Don't hang back on our account. We'll survive somehow. Mm. I don't know whether you will or not if you get in the road of that there and low. Yeah. Oh, I see, Dr. Carter. Yes, the room. Now that we're alone... What odds would you give that our only premier playmate, Taquan, hasn't got a finger in Penlow's pie? Be careful, LeBrun. Uh-huh. Right. The first guess. I'm afraid so. The chances are that Taquan and Penlow are close friends. Both of them have been sent to American universities by French missionaries. Oh, undoubtedly. Hey, take care, Professor. Don't put the idea in the Captain Friday's head. If Taquan becomes mixed up with the authorities, we may never get him farther than Saigon. Our expedition is hopeless without him to guide us. Are you certain uh, Captain Friday doesn't already suspect I've been afraid of it. In fact, I have a hunch that he went to Taquan's stateroom on his way to organize the searching party. Do you think so? I do. Perhaps we'd best go see for ourselves. Now, come along with me. If he is guilty, I hope he had sense enough to get back in his cabin after he escapade. And I hope our suspicions are wrong. And still, the ship plows on. Taquan's cabin's this way. Righto. Well, anyway, the moon is still grinning down at us. Doctor, quick, quick, we've got to do something. Oh, I say, You don't understand. Celia's gone. My daughter's gone? Yes, she's gone. I can't find her anywhere. Come, come, old chap. You look ghastly. I feel ghastly, (laughs) Oh, look here. Why should you? Why should I? Why should I? Didn't you hear me say that Celia's disappeared? That maniac come here loose and roaming the deck? Suppose he's found her. But uh, why do you want to suppose that? But the fellow's loose and Celia's gone. Come on, both of you. We'll get the captain. Just a moment, Dr. Carter. Now, look here, Terry. Are you going off our cocked or do you know what you're talking about? Oh, I tell you, it's true. Every word of it's true. Where have you looked? Everywhere. I've been on both decks. I've been in all the salons. I even went into a cabin. Was it unlocked? Yes, I... What's that hi it's coming from the lower deck do you recognize that now doctor what is it it's an ancient commercial death chant death chant there what did I tell you you gotta move on and see, see ya
3: have just heard the opening episode of The Cobra King Strikes Back. The newest adventure thriller by Carlton E. Morse. Adventures by Morse bring you new excitement week after week. Next week brings you the second episode, late in Saigon, that weird and wonderful seaport of Cochin, China, known as the French capital of the East. The deadly shadow of the ancient Cobra King already has fallen upon both the party headed by Dr. Carter and... And that led by Captain Friday. But not until the two groups land on the shores of French Indochina does the deadly force of evil descend in all its venom. Watch for next week's episode entitled Something About the Hooded Snake.
0: Mates, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Adventures by Morse, The Cobra Strikes Back, Part 1, and you get to hear this audio like no one else has. I have no idea how you could take off those handcuffs, by the way, and have the wherewithal to do so with chunks of your flesh coming off. Simply bonkers. But to do so behind your back as well, as mentioned, is unlikely, so they're right. Someone is helping them escape. We'll find out in the next episode for sure. Now, today's episode took a lot longer than usual, as I deployed new technology, new tools, and all around a new process. As time goes on, I should be able to output two episodes or more back to back, so I'll endeavour to do so for the next Old Time Radio episode. You know me by now folks, I'm always punching up. And this was all made possible by Patreon contributions, your money goes into production directly, And I was able to upgrade into using RX10, a very, very specialist tool that even transcribes, believe it or not, audio as you're editing it. Now, there were some hiccups because this is like an ancient audio, 1940s or prior. So some transcriptions were bizarre, (laughs) but enjoyable, of course. But it's just a marvel. I mean, technology is just blowing me away lately. So yeah, I was so excited to use this. I want to thank my patrons for enabling me to actually acquire this because these tools are not cheap. Like, really, really not cheap. I managed to score an upgrade on this tool for 145 US dollars. That's the cheap part, which included me using a coupon. <laughs> to put this in perspective, the tool alone, without an upgrade, is roughly 900 US dollars, usually. I bought the original way, way back, because I believed in the product, and knew it had the potential to be something great. So I'm very, very lucky to get the prices that I do, and that way... I don't squander anyone's money, especially when it's Patreon money. I can waste my own money, right? But I'm not ever going to waste the Patreon's money. If you decide to support me, you can do so by my Patreon, which is www.patreon.com forward slash sfgt. And you'll be able to send some love my way. Should you wish to reach out to me via email, you can do so at stories, fables, tales at gmail.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Whether you've got a story idea, or you've got some stories you want me to read through, I'm happy to lend an ear. Or a pair of eyes in this case. Now folks, a huge thank you to my old Night T Titan, Matto Star. Matto, I mentioned previously that I can shift away from survival mode to a new and fancy spirited focus on improvement. With the goal of taking greater strides, this purchase is exactly that. The amount of repair on this audio is jaw dropping. Honestly, and this would not be possible without people like yourself supporting me in the way you do. And I genuinely mean that. A very, very special thank you to you, Matto, for helping this show where your support can actually be heard in the production. So yeah, I'm very, very grateful, mate. And today's episode has been significantly shaped by you and Patreon supporters. Never forget you're a legend, Matto, and are helping to shape the podcast from the ground up. Also, a very special thank you to a Hall of Famer, my previous T Titan, Maya, the Queen of Cats, may the god of Bastet watch over your household. And to my legendary, lovable Leza, thank you man for your support. Your donation has gone straight into this tool as well. There are surrounding plugins that enable the use of these power tools in conjunction with RX10. And without your support, I wouldn't be able to venture into that space in the first place, to obtain them. Thank you immensely Leza, for having my back and supporting the show, and of course supporting me. You. Are. Awesome. And the superstars, the tea aficionados, the Tannin Strikers by Ograin Forces. I am lucky enough to have Chad Warren, Just Heather, Juicebox Andy, Peter Raffelli, Michelangelo Yacone, divided by zero. Leah Fasig, Alia Arcane, Solstra and Paige Kramer. You lot are legends as well, thank you all for your support. And you all got to hear where your donations are going on this 10 out of 10 difficult episode, a particularly challenging old time radio episode indeed. Now write your story, share your tale, make it creepy or something silly about a snail, but remember that little tremor that crawls up your spine, or the tingle that makes you smile from a perfect plotline. That's the magic of storytelling. Like tea, it's divine. You took the time to listen to me, and you think that it was your treat. But I thank you, my friends, for the listen. And as always, till next, we meet.